Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the You Are Not Too Busy podcast. Today is very excitingly a solo episode, or I mean, maybe you're not excited, maybe only I'm excited. But anyways, more of the story is I'm excited to chat with you guys. I love having guests on here, but I do think that like just sitting down and chatting for like 45 minutes or so um, is a really different way to connect with you guys especially when there's like a Q&A mixed into it because I feel like I'm actually talking to you and I don't have to like wrap up my answers or my thoughts into a 15 or 30 second Instagram story. Um, and we can just like get into the good stuff. I originally had a guest episode planned for this week, but I honestly just maybe a little selfishly like have a lot I want to talk through. I mean, I hope it's helpful for you too because I feel like what is always most settling to me is to remember that like no matter what my problem or current stressors are, I'm not isolated in my experiences. And there is very, very likely not just one, but many people going through similar scenarios. And I kind of feel like that's where I'm at these days. But I feel like I've just spent a lot more time thinking lately. Okay, maybe, you know, thinking isn't the right word. I'm obviously thinking all the time, but just like really processing more. Um, And I think part of that is due to the fact that I've been alone for most of my time the past few weeks. And let me explain a little bit more about that. Basically, I'm in medical school, if you didn't know, and I'm a lot of other things, but I'm also a medical student a lot of my time. And in medical school, we have to do some rotations that are um, like away rotations or like rural rotations. So in smaller communities. So I'm currently living like an hour and a half um, north of Toronto. And uh, because that's kind of a far drive, and it's even further with traffic, I had to get an Airbnb up here for the next well I've been here for two weeks and I'm gonna be here for two more um and I've never lived alone alone let alone lived alone um not near anyone I know like um I usually live with a roommate um in my apartment but even when she's not there if we're on different rotations or something like I have tons of friends who live like in the same building or like across the street and I'm definitely a very extroverted person I do like alone time to a degree but I think like in the definition of extroversion of I get energized from being around people, it's definitely true. Like the me who's alone is very different than the me when I'm with my friends. Um, I feel like I'm like a more fun bubbly me. It bring like certain friends at least really bring that out in me and I really enjoy that. Um, but for like the past, I'd say year, honestly, um, I've really been trying to actively give myself more alone time we had so much alone time in 2020 and I saw the benefit it had for my personal growth, but then things started opening up and school started and I got super busy and I didn't really have any alone time. So I've been trying to consciously make that space for myself. I'm not always great at it, but the past two weeks and the next two weeks kind of forced to, um, which has been interesting. I really like being alone. I think I've gotten pretty good at it, but it has made me, analyze things more and kind of be in my be in my thoughts be in my feels so anyways we'll kind of chat through that but uh I don't know is that just me like you're like I kind of hate when people say like oh I'm an extroverted introvert I'm an introverted extrovert so I'm like that's kind of a silly answer like you can't say you're both but it's not that I'm both but I am I don't know. I think I want to be more of an introvert than I am. And I think that's the opposite of what a lot of people say. People say they want to be more extroverted. But I think being alone is so valuable. Um, So valuable to not always be distracted. Like, I just don't think humans are built to live in the society that we do with so much external stimulation all the time. 
um, that I feel like it really hinders hinders growth to a degree um, and doesn't let you fully process things you're dealing with. And for me, at least, is not good for my mental health when I just like push through and just stay super busy. But anyways, so that's where I've been at. And another thing I wanted to chat about, and we're going to get into a few and I soon will be the bulk of this episode, but like, I just want to chat right now, set the tone, you know what I mean? Anyways, I want to chat about burnout, because burnout is something that I have dealt with on and off for like the past year. I mean, I think I've been dealing with it before, like a year ago, but I'm going to say didn't like have that term in my vocabulary, which I think is a super weird concept. Like, for example, when we talk to people like my parents or not even my parents age, but people even in their like, like, I guess millennials, quote unquote, would be that age group, like in their 30s or so. They say things like growing up, like anxiety and depression, like weren't in my vocabulary. I feel like for myself, I'm born in 98. So I guess I'm like on the cusp of Gen Z. It was to a degree, I do not think mental health was spoken about to the in the way that it is now for kids in elementary and high school. But I grew up understanding what that was. But like burnout wasn't a word that I honestly encountered until I think I hit medical school. And now I feel like everyone talks about burnout. Um, but burnout in the sense of it's not like a full blown clinical diagnosis of uh, a mental illness like depression or anxiety it's I mean maybe things will change in the next DSM DSM is the diagnostic statistics manual for mental health disorders anyways med med tangent um but it's it's the point you get to where you've worked so hard you haven't put time to yourself there's these specific characteristics that you find I mean you start getting a lower mood and for some people that might be clinical depression you also stop caring about about not only your work and the thing that burns you up, but other aspects of your life. Um, you start getting really anxious. It, it affects your sleep. It affects your physical health. Um, a big one is like cynicism, um, basically like looking at whatever burnt you out in a really negative light. Anyways, I won't get into it. You guys can look up burnout and there's so much literature on it. And I mean, especially if you're anything near the healthcare fields. I mean, like what are the stats? The crazy, something like 50% of people report burnout symptoms. But regardless... Um, I've been dealing with it on and off for the past year and through those different waves of burnout. And I know that they inevitably will continue to happen. I've gotten better and better at handling them, which is a really refreshing feeling because I feel like I used to go through problems and I would just repeat the same way of handling them each time and then be so surprised when it didn't work. I mean, like, isn't that the definition of crazy to do something over and over again and expect different results? Well, I feel like that's how I handled most of my life for a long period of time. I mean, before burnout, and I mean, still now, I've dealt with anxiety and some other just mental health type stuff. And for the longest time, I would just handle things the same way every time and be so shocked when they didn't work. But I've actually been changing the way I deal with my burnout when it comes up. And it's really refreshing. And I feel like I'm actually like, I've grown and it feels really nice. So a little one for me, but I want to talk about what I've been feeling. I honestly, like, I've been taking my weekends off. I've been having fun. Um, I'm living in Toronto and things are a little more open now. COVID's a little bit better the past little bit. So it's been really nice to do th- to be allowed to do certain things again. And I, I have been taking advantage of that. So when I felt burnt out the other week, or I guess this week, I was kind of surprised. I was like, but I took last weekend off. Like, why am I burnt out? Well, I'm burnt out because I take my weekends off. But to make up for it, quote unquote, in my mind, I've been working myself tirelessly during the week. And when I say that, I mean, like, I am getting home from clinic around, like, four each day, and I sit down at the kitchen table at the Airbnb and do not stop working until, 
past midnight um and like I'll stop and cook dinner halfway but I'm like cooking dinner and like still doing some kind of work on the side or like even when I'm like cleaning up I'm like watching some sort of like lecture or something like I've just been like not giving myself a break and as you're hearing I'm working before till midnight I've not been working out not meditating um and most importantly not getting enough sleep um I'm the kind of person who I can like quote-unquote function off of like six even five hours of sleep I function like I get about my day but like within a couple days like even two days of doing that like I just hit a wall I'm not thinking straight like I'm not intelligent enough I'm not creative I when I mean like when it comes to like my my work either at the hospital but also like social media work anything like that like just nothing is going my way when I'm tired and I end up drinking more coffee which I really try to avoid and like that makes my anxiety horrible it's just a horrible cycle. I need eight hours of sleep and I need to remind myself of that. But I've been getting like less than six, which is just not, not good. It's making up at like 6.45 in the morning. Anyways, you don't really care. Point is, I was burnt out. And now fast forward, this was on Tuesday. So two days ago from today, I was like, hey, no, you're burnt out. So you're gonna be proactive about it this time. You're gonna actually take time off in advance and work on yourself because you've learned from your past burnout episodes and you're going to avoid it getting worse. That's what I did. So on Tuesday, I got home from work and I didn't work out still because sometimes when I'm like feeling super drained, like intense physical activity, it just doesn't sound good to me. And I, I totally am all about honoring your body and what you're feeling. But I did feel like I need to get active. So I went on like a super nice long walk through the little town I'm living in. They have tons of cute little shops, vintage stores, little cafes. I explored the area finally after living here for two weeks. And then I'm right by the lake. So I walked down the lake and then I just like meditated there. I spent like an hour by the water and walked back. And it was such a nice afternoon, like so, so needed. And then I got back. I did a tiny bit of work. I went to bed, woke up on Wednesday and I was still burnt out. And that's when I got super frustrated because I was like, but I did the stuff. I did what I'm supposed to do. Why didn't it work? And then I get into this mentality of like, I gave myself as much time off as I allotted, as much as I thought I deserved. I can't have any more. That's pushing it. That's pushing it. And then I realized that I'm telling myself that I'm living, quote unquote, intuitively, that I'm taking care of myself. But am I really taking care of myself if I only allot myself a certain amount of mental health time, but not actually give myself the amount of mental health time that I need because I was still burnt out on Wednesday? And I got to the point where, like, I wasn't just, like, mentally feeling drained. Like, I started physically just not feeling great. Um, like, not just tired, but, like, I just honestly, like, when I don't, when you don't sleep, and for anyone, your immune system goes down. Like, I just wasn't feeling good. So I took last night off, too. I, like, tried to work, and it was super unproductive. So at, like, 9 p.m., I just called it quits. I got in bed, and I started the new episode of You, which, like, mixed feelings on. But let's not get down that road because I'm clearly very talkative today. Anyways, point being, today's Thursday. Am I fully unburnt out yet? I don't know, but I do feel way better. I'm still going to bed super early tonight. I need I need more sleep. I need to keep putting myself first. However, I'm I'm honestly super happy I took the past two days off. So it's weird talking about things while you're still going through them because I don't think I have like a firm answer for you yet. All I can say though is like truly the definition of honoring your body and intuitive living is not just prescribing and allotting yourself two hours off to relax. It's taking the time when you need it and remembering that pushing through burnout and trying to be productive when you're clearly feeling drained is 
so, so unproductive. You're going to hit a wall. You're going to. It's not going to be different this time. It happened to you last time. You hit the wall last time. You're feeling this way. You're going to hit a wall again. Whether it's today or tomorrow or next week, I can't tell you, but I can promise you that taking a step back, putting time into you, and coming out stronger in a couple days is so worth it. You will still get things done on time because you're going to be more productive and set in the right mindset, set in the right mindset, whatever you guys know what I mean, when you get there. Um, the other thing I want to say about burnout really quickly, because again, I'm rambling. I can't help it. I get really heated on these topics um, is for me. And I kind of mentioned this when I said, like, I didn't push myself to like work out the past couple of days, even though like workout is usually one of my forms of like mental health care for myself. Um, because I really tried to not structure my, my burnout, um, recovery time, I guess that's what we can call it. I think a lot of people are like, when you're feeling burnt out, when your mental health is low, do X, Y, Z, journal, workout, eat healthy, so on, a whole, a laundry list of things. Those things are all fantastic. I truly believe that journaling, working out, eating healthy, okay, I'm repeating myself, but all those things so helpful for your mental health, at least for myself, make the world of a difference, especially in a preventative approach. Um, Also in an approach when I'm feeling low, I really tried to do those things anyways. But sometimes just not putting a schedule, not putting restrictions on your time is the most rewarding or the most effective way for myself personally to beat burnout. And I'll take the second to make a disclaimer. I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or any sort of licensed professional, yet I will be some sort of doctor in the next little bit. But aside from that, I'm just saying what works for me, okay? You you do need to talk to a licensed professional if you think that your mental health is hitting a point where it's it's not good. Like, I'm doing okay for the most part. I'm just having little hiccups, but really seeking professional help from a therapist, or talking to your family doctor is the best thing you can do if you're really feeling down in the dumps. Okay, disclaimer over. For myself, having kind of just unstructured time, not setting an alarm to wake up for at eight o'clock to get my workout in, sleeping in until my body wakes myself up. Of course, side note, when I'm able to do that is the best thing I can do for burnout. Just like almost like play time. Like, what do you feel like doing? Do you feel like painting? Do you feel like reading? Do you feel like watching a movie? Like, what do you feel like doing? Actually going back to those instincts. And I know sometimes it's easier said than done. Like, I get it. I, I'm working. I'm not, I guess working, but like I'm a medical student. I'm super busy. And I know you probably are too in whatever field you're in. But find a space where you can to give yourself a little bit of unstructured time. Like I know there's deadlines. I know there's schedules. I know there's places you need to be. But really like try to make that your priority where you can. Nothing matters if you don't have your mental health. And preventing going lower is the best thing you can do because once you hit hit a wall it is so much harder to get up than if you're just in a dip and you can kind of slowly lift yourself up with those good mental health practices um but yeah okay so that's where I'm at I'm feeling better today though feeling better physically feeling better mentally yesterday I was going to record this episode and I honestly didn't have it in me because I was feeling so low so that's a good sign I'm going to record this episode I'm going to do a little workout today probably something super like low impact and keep it casual and easy Um, And then I'm going to get some work done and I feel good and I'm still going to bed early. So anyways, I hope that resonated with you. I feel like October is midterm season for most people. If you're like in college or university now, I don't have midterms. I just have exams throughout the year, but that's not the point. I know October can be, can be a hard time for people. So I hope if you're in the same boat, that was helpful at all. Again, please, please, please seek professional help if you think that you need it. But 
if you just need to vent, my, my DMs are always open. I can't give you specific advice, but I can be an ear to listen to. Anyways, let's let's talk about my energy givers for the week. I almost forgot about that that little segment of my podcast. What have I been loving? Okay. I have been loving vegan cheese. Normally, I try to stay away from vegan cheese because, like, it still is processed. And, like, my philosophy with food, again, mine, just what works for me, is eating a whole food, plant-based diet. And that doesn't mean vegan because Oreos are vegan and Oreos aren't necessarily good for you. They can be good for your mental health and your soul, but maybe not your physical health if you eat them all the time. Anyways, I try to eat a whole food diet, meaning I also try to stay away from, like, processed vegan options like vegan cheese and so on, but it's just been so good. It's been really good. I like cut up little, like I buy like the little squares and cut it up into my salads, just like a little bit, a little, a little garnish. And um, I kind of just uh, want to leave that note of like a little bit of something won't, won't be, won't make or break you, especially if it's good for your mental health. Like it makes my salad yummier and it made me excited for lunch day. And like, that's okay. We're not all perfect hundred percent of the time. You are not a bad person because your diet isn't the cleanest thing in the world. And like, you don't have a single preservative or a single additive. Do what you can and uh, eat vegan cheese once in a while or real cheese if that's what you want. Intuitive eating. Okay. We love it. We love to hear it. I love my vegan cheese. Next. What else have I been loving? Um, Journaling again. And my tip right now, if you haven't felt like journaling lately, go on Amazon and press order on a new little journal. Nothing expensive. Mine was like, $13. I like the dotted ones, not the lined ones, because I just like the aesthetic better. Um, Just something super simple and clean. Order to your door and start a new journal, because I felt like I was in journaling for so long, because like my old journal, I've had it for so long, and I got, and I like stopped journaling for a while, so it's been a long time since my last one, and I like had used all kinds of different pens and colors in it, and maybe that's just me, and like my um organization patterns but that really bothered me and like I also didn't necessarily like the way like my format of journaling before so I'm just like I'm just gonna start new I'm not one to like promote like oh just like waste half a notebook that's half full but I just feel like it's what I need to do and like now that I have a new one it's like a new project for me and I've like really been finding myself putting more time into doing it so if that's your biggest hurdle and you can afford the 10 to 20 dollars for a new journal just do it. Just rip off the band-aid. Same thing with like, if you haven't felt like working out lately, but you think that getting a new workout set might motivate you, which like, I know that's worked for me in the past. If that's something you can afford right now, I would do it. Like if that's all it takes to like get you back in the swing of things and you're in a place where you can do it, why not? Right? Like, um, I've always said that like, even when, um, and not even when, because I'm always in a point where money isn't just flowing for me. I mean, I'm in, I'm in medical school. I'm in tons of debt. So uh, I'm always needing to be on a budget and money conscious. But um, when I can, I always invest in my mental health and my physical health. Those are the most important things to me. Like even if it's between eating McDonald's for lunch or spending a couple more dollars and getting a salad um, or some sort of healthier option, I will do that because that's the biggest investment you can make. And um, putting putting effort in monetary or monetary money into yourself remind yourself that you are worthy of it um and cut back on places where you maybe don't need to spend that money elsewhere I don't know like a subscription you're not even using again totally conscious that not everyone's in that in that privileged position but if you're able to swing it spend ten dollars on yourself this week ten dollars on improving your mental health this week I think it makes a world of a difference okay energy takers I mean we spoke about it lack of sleep 
that's such a silly energy taker because of course not gift sleep takes your energy. But that's the point. If I know that, why am I not doing it? Why am I sleeping five hours a night? That's not good. That's not good. I need to start going to bed earlier. My goal for the week is to start um, putting my phone across the room or in another room to charge while I sleep because I try to read before bed every night. I am currently reading Malibu Rising um, by Taylor Reed Jenkins. And I read her other book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I really liked it. And I just wanted like a fun little like beach read. So I'm enjoying Malibu Rising. Tangent aside, um, I try to read before bed every night, but lately I've been getting in bed and then I like text my boyfriend goodnight, but then I open TikTok, then I open Instagram. And like next thing I know, it's in 45 minutes, I've been on my phone. I know you guys feel this. Standing in the mornings, I set my alarm, but then end up scrolling for like 10 minutes. And then I'm rushing out the door and like don't have time to do all like my morning routine, which puts my, my morning into a worse start. So I need to try to charge my phone across the room. Um, that's my goal. If you want to join me, let me know. We, we can start a little a little challenge. And then my other goal is to get at least um, seven and a half hours of sleep from, from now until the end of this rotation. And yeah, that's what I'm working on. What are you working on? Let me know. DM me. Let's chat. Okay. Okay. It's been 21 minutes of me rambling about myself. Let's get into the Q&A because you guys had so many thoughtful questions and so many things that I wanted to address, but I wanted to do in a podcast episode so that I can really get in depth. And also like, it'll be, it'll be saved here. It's saved in my podcast. You can come back to it. You don't have to be watching my story right when I'm posting it in order to see it. Um, and if you like these episodes, do let me know because I can definitely, I can definitely do more. I just, I want to make sure that whatever content I'm putting out is actually helpful for someone. Um, and I think for a long time, I translated to that into meaning I can only talk about things once I figure them out myself. But I think what I'm learning is that talking about things you're struggling with while you're struggling with them, big or small, I'm not saying I'm struggling with like a mountain, a, a huge feat right now. It's just a little bit of burnout. But still, I know that a lot of us have this little bit of burnout. Um, and we need to we need to open conversation about that, decrease that stigma. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm going off topic again. Let's get to the Q&A. All right. Okay, guys. Question number one. Do you have a boyfriend? How did you meet? And how do you make time for a relationship? Great question. I do have a boyfriend. We met, uh, you know, the old fashioned way on, on a dating app, on a dating app, you know, super romantic. Um, honestly, though, it is kind of a cute story. I'll give you guys a little a little summary because I'm not going to spend all your afternoon listening to me ramble about my love life. But it was the beginning of a pandemic. And I was on a dating app because that's what people in their 20s do. And we can normalize that. Nothing bad about dating apps. Anyways, uh, we matched. We started talking. But it was March of 2020. I was absolutely not seeing anyone because I was and still am. I mean, the rules have just changed. But I was following the rules to a T. And I was like, nope, no way. No way, no way. Um, so we put it off. We put it off. We're like, okay, the lockdown's only going to be two weeks. See you in two weeks. Great. Okay. I didn't think anything was going to come out of it. But then, of course, two weeks became four, and four weeks became eight, and eight became 12, and so on. And next thing you know, it's been three and a half months, and we've been talking every day. <laughs> uh, we started, like, FaceTiming and stuff, too. And, like, you're both obviously so bored at home, so it was, like, really nice to have the company. Um, but then it had been, like, three months of us talking, and he was living six hours away from me, six-hour drive at the time, living at his parents' house for COVID. Um, but eventually they loosened up restrictions in the summer in Toronto. We were able to hang out outdoors. He drove into Toronto, we hung out and then we started dating a few days later. And that's, that's the little story. So if you're debating, Hey, should I get on a dating app? Yes, do it. If that's what you want to do, do it. No pressure. If you don't, um, of course be safe, vet the people out. I think FaceTiming before you meet is a great idea. Um, 
but don't let people's stigma or judgment around dating apps get to you. I mean, it's a new world. Everyone's on it. If it sounds like something that's fun for you, if you want to put yourself out there, even just to make friends, I totally recommend it. I've met like another one of my exes from a dating app too. Anyways, tangent aside, next part of the question is how do I manage making time for relationship? Um, and I guess you mean in the context of like medical school, plus like my social media work, plus extracurriculars, research, all that. Totally get it. It's not easy. Um, but I still I still do it. So I think at least personally, this might not extend to everyone. Um, but I find being single a lot more distracting and time consuming than being in a relationship. Caveat, a healthy relationship. Uh, when you're single, if you're single and like wanting to date and still see people, which I feel like me being a social person, I usually I usually am at least like casually talking to someone or something. Um, I find that more distracting because I'm like overthinking what I'm saying. I'm having to like dress up to look good to go on dates. When you go on dates, you can't just like study next to each other necessarily because you're like just meeting or you're getting to know each other. When I'm in a relationship, if it's a healthy relationship and a relationship that supports um, my career endeavors, my work endeavors, it's the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it supports me, gives me the space to do that. Um, exactly. Like we can hang out and do work together, or we can just like find small pockets in our day to hang out and there's no um, negativity and there's no hard feelings. Um, if I am too busy and same goes for him, he's not in medicine, but he's, he's busy too with his own work and his own schooling. And it's not having any hard feelings about that. And like, yeah, sometimes there are little bickering moments. Um, but it's really finding someone who really wants the best for you and for your career and supports you in everything you do. That's, that's the most important thing. And when you find a healthy relationship, it's not, it's not hard. It shouldn't be time consuming. Um, and also the second point of this is I do try to take off like at least one day a week from, from school related things or at least an evening on the weekends. Um, and sometimes it's not with my boyfriend, sometimes it's my friends. And again, it's finding um, a relationship that supports you hanging out with your friends and doing your own thing. Um, but I also make time for it that way. Um, and again, finding small pockets in your day to do things. Yesterday we watched a new Netflix party to watch you together because I'm living up here. I haven't seen him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's totally possible. Um, it's just about finding a relationship that or a boyfriend or girlfriend who understands your medical school, who understand that it gets busy and um, gives you the space to do that and supports you. All right. This one's kind of similar. Person says, I'm recently single and have the heartbroken kind. Any tips? Yes. Put time into your other relationships, primarily your relationship with yourself, but also your relationship with your friends. I mean, I think a lot of people don't ditch their friends in their relationship, and I hope that you didn't, but if you did, it's okay. It happens. Um, but spend all that time that you spend with this person really nourishing your relationship with your friends, your family, and yourself. Do those nice things you used to do for this person for your friends. Like if you used to like cook him dinner or something like you can go cook your friends a meal or invite them over to cook together if you used to like go to the movies together go to the movies with a friend if you used to I don't know go on walks together go on a walk with yourself with the podcast you know like don't make it feel like a loss make it feel like a gain you have this all this time to invest into your other relationships um and also just like work on yourself like in the sense of like hit the gym hit the books you know like be the best version of you and um I'm sure you already know this, but I mean, I actually don't know how you guys broke up, but like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's his or her loss. Like, I'm sure you're great. And, um, it's also going to be tough. So don't beat yourself up if you have down days. Those are totally normal. Anyone who says breakups are easy is either was not in a good relationship or they're lying. Breakups are hard. It's okay to have down days. 
Um, but also like put in that work for yourself to, to um, minimize them, I guess. I don't know. Just don't be too hard on yourself. And I promise you're going to look back at this in a few months, even in a year and be like, wow, I can't believe that I let this relationship get, get me so down and, and so, so sad for so long because you're probably going to be in an even better and healthier relationship either with someone new or just with yourself and your friends. <laughs> okay, next question. I recently failed one of my exams and honestly, I don't know how to move past it. I get it. I, I get that. Okay, let's, where should we start here? I think what I'm going to say, you're going to like roll your eyes, but I mean it. Your grades, your GPA, those numbers, those aren't what matter. And I know as someone in medical school, you're like, oh, shut up, no one. They obviously matter because they look at them for you to get into medical school or grad school or law school or for a job. I don't know. I get it. Our world looks at numbers. They do. They do. And I'm not here to deny that. I'm not here to deny that. I'm here to maybe say I disagree with it, but I'm, I can't change the system overnight as much as I wish I could. But they don't matter in the sense of, let's say, for example, med school. You might not be in med school, but I'm just going to give this example because it's most relevant to me and it's what I understand. So I hope that's okay. Um, doing well on your, let's say, second year organic chemistry test or like your first year physics test is not, it's not what's going to determine if you are able to provide good care for your patients if you're able to be compassionate if you're able to to be a good doctor who cares like that's what matters hi i got cut off what was i talking about oh numbers yeah they don't matter they don't matter in terms of are you going to be a good person are you going to be successful at your career one exam will not will not will not will not will not not affect your dpa Maybe a few exams might start, but it definitely, definitely won't won't affect the type of person you're going to be and how successful you'll be in your future. I know it feels like the entire world right now, especially if it's like your first few years of undergrad, it can be super overwhelming. But I promise like the best thing I've ever done for mental health is to take the pressure off myself. And like, lo and behold, my exam grades, it didn't change that much because I was actually in like a better mental space when I was studying and I wasn't constantly anxious and stressed. Um, I think another thing to remind yourself is like, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, not everyone is the same kind of smart. You can be smart and not necessarily test well in like multiple choice, or you can be smart and not necessarily like do super well in an essay. It doesn't, it's not a measure of intelligence. It's not. Our education system isn't great. It's not. And I say that while being a proponent of the education system, obviously, because I've done so much school and I still have a lot to go. Um, but please, please, please don't hang yourself up on your grades. And the other thing is just learn, use it as a learning experience. You know, like if you genuinely like just don't think you put your best effort to this exam, like that's, that's okay. Don't, don't beat yourself up over it. But what can you change for next time? Like what study habits weren't working and how can you, how can you drop something else? Um, I think just really use it as an opportunity of growth. I mean, I heard this quote that's like, most successful people are people who who see failure as something exciting, as failure as a reason to grow, as failure as like a stepping stone to your next success, as a failure as a way to find a new direction or a new route to your goals that's actually the better route. Um, really taking that lens has been so, so, so important for me. I mean, like, I remember, this is like a little tangent, but the first couple months of when, when me and my boyfriend were dating, we were just like getting to know each other, you know, chatting it up. 
And I remember like you're talking kind of about this topic and I looked at him and I'm like, in the least annoying way possible, like, I don't think I've ever failed. And he was like, what? No, mom, like, what are you talking about? And like, that is annoying. And I was like, no, okay, hear me out. I have objectively, like by societal eyes, I failed, you know, like I haven't done well on every single thing I've ever written. I've applied for things that I haven't gotten. I've X, Y, Z. I've obviously had those like quote unquote failures, but like, it took me a second to even remember them because when I look back, when I look back at like the past like five or so years of my life, I don't really see those things. Those aren't the things that stand out because every single time I've, I've rerouted or not every time, but at least in the past couple of years, I've learned to reroute my thought process to see it as an opportunity of growth and each failure, I came out stronger the next time. And then I forgot that the failure even happened. Um, so I don't say that I've never failed in like an annoying pretentious way, but I say it in a way that like, it's not as it's an objective failure, maybe, but it's definitely not in my subjective view of failure. Um, and you really realize how these how insignificant these things seem once you're removed from them by but even a couple days, like not even a couple of years, but even in a couple of days, you will realize that not getting the exact mark you wanted on like one exam will not change the course of your life. I promise. I promise. Okay. Next question. Okay, this one's a little more lighthearted. Skin and hair care routine. Um, okay. To be completely honest, I am no I'm no skincare or hair care guru. I just kind of like find what works for me and do it. Again, I can't say that this is like the right thing to use. I honestly don't know your skin type. I don't know your yeah, etc. But I'll tell you what works for me. Sorry guys, I know disclaimers can be kind of annoying, but like I'm not a doctor and we just gotta remember that, okay? No one get mad at me. All right. What I like to use for my hair is I've been really loving um, the Aveeno like oat collection. I don't know if it's called the oat collection, but they have these new lines of like shampoo and conditioner that are more quote unquote natural ingredients. So um, I know it's like sulfate free. I think it's like dye free. I remember exactly. And the first ingredient is oat. So, you know, that's the main ingredient. Um, and honestly, I just find them like aside from me kind of um, always choosing to try to have more clean um, skincare and hair care because personally I think that's that's one of my goals um I also just really like it like it's actually some of the best shampoo conditioner I've used for my hair um I really like their apple cider vinegar one like they have different um scents and it doesn't smell like apple cider vinegar I know that can be like kind of off-putting I swear it smells really good I think it just has a little bit of apple cider vinegar in it no idea if that actually does anything specifically to my hair um, I just found that it makes it super, super soft and like stay soft for a few days. And I don't even need to style it because it just dries really nicely. Um, I totally know that everyone's hair is different, but I really liked it myself. I also like the rose water and chamomile scent slash type. Um, for skincare, I honestly like, I remember my friend Haley the other day asked me like, what am I doing for my skin lately? Which I was so flattered because I do not think that has been that great, but I'll, I'll take the compliment. Thank you, Haley. Um, I just like kind of like pick and choose whatever like I'm vibing with that day. Like, you know, there's, there's intuitive eating. I'm like intuitive skincare. Um, maybe I say that in a little bit of a privileged perspective. I've never super struggled with my skin, um, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Like I definitely have breakouts. I have pretty dry skin. Like that's my biggest, my biggest thing. Um, but I've never dealt with acne. So I, if you have sensitive skin or acne, like I understand that like you might know it's just like a intuitive skincare sort of approach. Um, I do have like some tried and true products that I really love. But, like, I alternate from, like, which serum I use which day, depending on, like, what I feel like my skin needs. So, I have a hyaluronic serum that I really like from Good Molecules that I'll use sometimes when I'm feeling like I need more hydration. 
Um, I have a vitamin C and licorice serum. I don't remember exactly the name, but that's what's in it. It's from the brand Consonant, and I use that when I feel like my skin needs to be like brightened and freshened up a little bit. Um, I also use niacinamide when I feel like I'm getting some breakouts. Um, and what else do I use? That that's basically it. Um, those are like the serums I've been using. And then for moisturizers, I really like my Olay. Um, it's called like Olay Collagen something. I've posted about it on my page. You can find it on my feed. I really like that. Um, I don't know the actual like scientific mechanisms behind the collagen if it works or not but the moisturizer just does nice things for my skin so I like it um I also like the company the ordinary I like their moisturizer um I also like the eye under eye cream from I think it's called like Inculus am I saying that correctly something like that it has caffeine in it and I find that it does really brighten my eyes and depops them in the morning um and I also got this overnight mask I forgot the name of it but it's pink and it's from Clinique and I like that. And I also like my overnight mask. Sorry, one more thing um, from the brand Coco Kind. And it's like the retinol overnight mask. So this is what I mean. Like there's a couple different serums, a couple different moisturizers, a couple different masks. And I just like go between those items throughout the week. But those are the main items that I'm using. And I really like them. Um, oh, I want to say one more thing. I get a lot of questions about how I like keep my hair natural, how I avoid styling it. And because I probably, I think I only heat style my hair, like honestly, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. Like if I have events, like I really only do it for like occasions, not even if I'm like going out with friends or anything. Um, and I used to style my hair a couple times a week. This was like a year ago. I was styling my hair all the time because I had just like brought, maybe a year ago, two years ago. Anyways, I just damaged my hair so much from dyeing it and from heat styling it all the time that it's a, it's a vicious cycle of you style your hair and then you need to style it more because it doesn't dry nicely anymore because it's so fried. So I stopped dyeing my hair as much. I only do like a subtle, really subtle highlights and not like super bleached anymore. And because I never heat style my hair that now it's just like, it looks like a different head of hair. Like my hair used to be frizzy and wavy. Nothing, nothing's wrong with wavy, but you didn't like the frizzy waves. Um, and now it's like almost pin straight, which I really don't always love. It's kind of flat but it's not frizzy at all it just dries really easily um and I just wear it natural so everyone's hair hair type is different but like if, if you feel like you might be over styling your hair and you don't know why you have to style it every day try to not style it as much and it might get healthier and then you won't actually need to style it so that's my little advice if uh, you have hair type that might be similar to mine all right couple more questions. I know it's been a while. I hope you're having fun. If you are, let me know. Um, I feel like I get so self-conscious that no one cares what I have to say. But um, I know I just love listening to super casual chit-chat podcasts and I'm driving. Um, so I hope this does that for you and you can just feel like you're with a friend in the car because sometimes I like to call people when I'm driving, but I don't always have that many friends. So I've also listened to a lot of like chit-chat solo episode type podcasts and I really enjoy them. So anyways. Um, next question. Do you worry about people not taking you seriously in your profession because you have ear piercings? So the reason I picked this question is not because I agree with it at all. I also like it. I mean, I don't even think like I was gonna say like if I had like a facial piercing, but even then I would think it's silly. But I really like I have like I have like eight piercings are on my ears. Um, I don't think it's that noticeable because they're on my ears. So I'm like surprised you caught that. Um, but anyways, yeah, I have like a couple of piercings and like some cartilage ones, but not the point. I picked this question for the broader topic of I 
I remember growing up thinking this and like, cause I feel like this conversation is starting to shift in society a little bit. But when I grew up, like even my parents were like, even in high school, we're like, don't post that photo on social media. Like when I say that photo, I mean like probably me in like a crop top or something. Um, and um, don't post that photo on social media. Like if you want to get into med school, they might see that. And I was like, oh, you're probably right. You're probably right. And but it never really made sense to me. Like, I was like, okay, like, this is just what they say. But like, how does what I wear, what I look like, how in the world does that determine if I'm going to be a good medical student? And aside from medical school, if I'm going to be a good teacher, a good, I don't know, work in a corporate job. I don't know. You guys know what I mean? How in the world does what you look like determine your ability to be successful in a career, your intelligence? How are those correlated? It makes no sense to me right like we talk and I don't think it's to this degree but like we talk about like you we shouldn't be like oh I don't know where I'm going with this point being is that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense whether it's ear piercing whether it's a nose piercing whether it's a tattoo on your face if it's not like offensive if you're not saying like a racial slur on your face it's just like a butterfly even like why does that determine if you're going to be a good doctor or not that doesn't make any sense to me and if, and I'm, you know what, there are probably some people who have this train of thinking, like, I don't know. And if I was in an interview for a job and someone looked me in the eye and said, you know what, you are the best candidate for this job, but I just can't hire someone who looks like that. Or I just can't hire someone who dresses like that. Or I just can't hire someone who posts photos in a crop top on social media. You're really not going to hire. And I'm not saying this is me, but you're not going to hire the best fit candidate to like, let's say in my case, the best fit doctor for this job, who's best able to take care of their patients, who's actually good at what they do because of what they look like. That's like, that is so old school. That is so backwards. I'm sorry. But like, and trust me, I say this from the point of like, I really hope I'm natural residency. I really hope I get a job. But like, if someone really, if that's the reason you're not hiring me, that's so, that's so silly to me. So I honestly, I think that this conversation is changing. I honestly have not encountered a single preceptor, like not a single doctor I've worked with who has ever commented on my piercings, one. Um, I, every doctor who's ever seen my social media has only ever thought that it was so cool that I was creating these conversations. I'm not saying that to like pat my own back. I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary. But I've only gotten positive feedback. I've had a few like classmates make annoying comments to me. But honestly, I don't take that stuff too seriously because I don't know what's going on in their life. And I know a lot of things come from insecurity. Um, I'm authentic to myself. I'm confident with everything I am posting. I'm confident with the way I dress, the way I carry myself. I know it's true to who I am. And if someone doesn't like who I am, then I guess they don't like who I am. I don't know. I hope that gives you some relief. Like, please don't try to change yourself to fit into what people have told you is the mold for a quote-unquote professional like what is a professional I had a whole episode on this my past episode my friend Carla like professional is just being good at your profession that's it that's it okay I'm sorry I can rant about this for hours so I will stop now but yeah I have ear piercings I love them I want another one should we get one I also want to get a tattoo um I think I want to get like a butterfly on my arm I know butterflies are super cheesy but it actually has a lot of sentimental meaning to myself um, if I actually get the tattoo, maybe I'll explain that story. So yeah, I think I want to get one in the next week. Just like a little butterfly on the back of my arm. I think it'd be really cute. Okay, next. Um, making new friends in post-pandemic life. Okay. Um, I get it. We got so used to not socializing. 
I, and I, I said it earlier, like I am such an extrovert, but I got way more introverted over COVID, especially at the beginning. Like I was like, when things started opening, I, it's like almost embarrassing to admit, but I was like, oh really? Like now I have so much pressure, like everything's opening. So like, I have to go out, I have to do this. Some people haven't seen in so long, so I'm able to catch up with, or like I would get so drained from every social interaction because it had been so long. Um, so one, normal things are weird we I hate when people say this that we are living in unprecedented times things are weird the world is a little wonky still okay but how to get over it well one do what feels right like yes you should you socializing is so important for humans but like don't push yourself to socialize because you feel like you have to that's the worst thing you can ever do um and don't push off to hang out with people who don't make you feel good about yourself it's time wasted. It's time wasted. It's better to have two friends that you actually like than 20 friends that kind of make you feel bad about yourself. Um, so those are two things. But if you are trying to make friends and you feel like you want to be more social, I totally back it. I love meeting new people. One, the internet. Guys, I have made so many of my close friends online or connected closer with people who like live nearby me online. Um, not saying you have to start a blog or anything. You can if you want to. I totally think you should. Uh, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. But you can still connect with people. Like, I've had a couple people reach out to me being, like, um, through, like, my Instagram. But they don't have, like, um, social media blogs themselves. But they would just be like, hey, so, like, this and this person told me that you're living in the city or that you go to the school. I'm coming here either for, like, I'm starting med school here or, like, I'm starting, like, um, dietetic school here or whatever it is. Like, do you want to grab coffee one day? Um, and I've met really cool people that way. Like, that's super cool, too. Um, and even, like, messaging just, like, someone. You, neither of you have social media blogs, but you're just, like, on social media. And you connect your friends and, like, meet each other that way. Um, definitely do that. That's really fun to meet new friends that way. Uh, number two is just, like, meet friends through friends. Um, so, like, if you have a good friend and they're hanging out with friends, like, tell them to invite their friends to your hangout so you can get close with them, too. Um, or And then, like, keep going through that. And the last thing is just, like, honestly just like take interest in people like when you meet someone new like actually take interest in them and try to get to know them I think like that's the best way to form a friendship is just someone that you care about learning about them and they'll probably care about learning about you as well so anyways next question okay I'm only gonna do a few more because we're like up on 45 minutes sorry guys I know I'm, I'm super chatty today clearly I've been living by myself and uh, needing some social stimulation okay um Hmm, let me pick a couple, a good one because I don't know if I'm going to get to all of them. Okay. How to deal with doubting your career choices. I think that if anyone, 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 anyone in their early, mid, late 20s, 30s, I don't know. I can only speak to, to early, mid 20s because I'm only 23. But if they tell you that they have never, 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 never doubted their career choices in their life, they're lying to you. They are. And I say this being in medical school where it's a very committed career choice in the sense of like I can had to commit to this pretty young. And once a minute, it's a lot of years of school and a lot of money. And I promise you from talking to so many of my friends in med school, like everyone goes through a phase where they're like, what if I made the wrong choice? What if I want to do something else instead? What if I just like spend all these years doing this and I actually hate it? That's normal. It's normal to doubt yourself one it's normal to doubt yourself I'm not saying you have to always run with these doubts like think about them logically like I've had 
episodes. I'm admitting that where I've been like, is this the right career for me? Um, and I was usually went on rotations that I didn't like as much. And it really made me doubt myself or I was just like not in a good mental health space, which made me like just extrapolate situations and think of the worst. But um, I think if anything, it's a good sign if you're doubting it, because regardless of the decision you make in the end, obviously for me, I'm still in med school. I love it. I'm happy. Um, but regardless of whatever decision you get to, you know that you're actually making a decision you believe in, that you're not just like following blindly with with your eyes closed, being led through just like traditional societal norms of what you should do with your career. You're actually thinking logically. Like doubt is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. It's not. Um, now there's two options. You either go through the doubt, you really spend even weeks, months, like really thinking about it. Think about where your other options are. Like let yourself go there because if you think of those other options, you go through options A to Z and you still end up back at your original option, you probably are on the right path, right? Um, but let yourself do it. Let yourself try new things on the side if you want to. I'm not saying like just like drop out and quit your job overnight, but be analytical. Be an active, an active uh, participant in your life. Um, but at the end of it, you may decide, you know what? Okay, that was that was just like a little hiccup, a little phase. I'm good. I'm set. I feel good, and I feel more passionate than I was in the first place. Amazing. You might also say, wow, okay, I'm I've made a wrong choice. I'm only I'm only in my 20s. I'm only in my 30s. I can change my mind. I can do something new, and that's okay too. It's better to change your mind and take a few steps backwards then go through life in a job that you hate. It's better. It's it's better. I promise. I know it's not as easy as like, oh, just like quit your job. Like you don't always have money to do that. I get it. But do what you can. Take a small step to like alter your career choice. Or what can you do with your degree in a different way? Um, how can you secure another job before you change this job? I don't know. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not. But I'm saying you're not, you're not weird. You're not crazy for having doubts. It's totally normal. If you weren't having doubts, then I'd be like, oh my God, is this person okay? They've just been like perfectly fine without any hiccups their whole life. Like that can't be right. I can't believe it. And I don't believe that anyone's been like that. Maybe they are, but they just don't admit it. Whatever. Okay, let's do one more. Okay. Hmm, this is an interesting one. It's not really an advice question, but it's like a question. And I'm happy to answer because I'm all about transparency. How do I afford life while in medical school? Great question. Because medical school is a full-time plus job. I mean, you are working like full-time shifts, same as like most of your attendings and resident doctors in the hospital. But then you come home and you still have lectures and you still have exams every couple weeks. And you also still have to do research. You have to do extracurriculars to build up your resume. And for me, I also, and I'm sure other people have other hobbies, but like I also do my social media stuff and I want to X, Y, Z, right? Uh, Having a traditional job is next to impossible. I don't think I have any classmates who have a quote unquote traditional job in the sense of like um, a certain amount of hours a week. Like even a part-time job is hard because we can't control our schedules in hospitals. Uh, maybe like in your first few years when you're like in preclinical years, you could have a part-time job, I guess, if it's a couple times a week. Um, but one, like you just don't have the physical hours when you're in the clerkship years, but you also have no control of your schedule. So there's no way for even like a part-time job to be like, I can do every Sunday. Sometimes Sundays I get scheduled in and I can't really say anything about it. Um, so I barely know anyone who has like a quote unquote traditional job in medical school. Um, for myself, I do have social media where I am by no means like funding my life off, but definitely not funding med school off it. But um, working with brands and partnerships that I truly believe in and that I think can be beneficial for you guys is super, super beneficial. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Like you don't even understand the fact that I can do 
what I love by talking to you guys and creating content I believe in. Um, but to help support me through medical school is so rewarding. And I know some people like hate, hate, um, like ads on Instagram and stuff. And like, look, the ones that are like, so obviously this person doesn't use the product or they're promoting something that is false or doesn't work. Okay. Obviously don't know. Heck no. Right. But social media and content creation takes a lot of time. It does. I love to do it, but it does. And it's creating free entertainment for so many people, right? Like how many hours do you spend like just scrolling on TikTok or scrolling on Instagram instead of watching TV or reading a book? It's our, it's our, it's our entertainment these days, right? But it's entirely free. Um, so I think it's totally legitimate for people to be um, paid for their work, um, especially when it's promoting a brand. And again, disclaimer, not disclaimer, it should be like very obvious, but like only ever worked with something I 100% believe in. It would never promote anything that isn't one totally, um, so we're looking for like, I don't even want to say like backed by science. Most of the things they promote aren't even like scientific. Like it's like clothing or like <laughs> makeup, um, but never anything that I don't use and that I don't trust hundred percent myself. Okay. Next or not next. I didn't finish this question. How do I afford like a medical school? I'm not finding myself on Instagram. Absolutely not. My point of all to say was like some people I know might have like a small side hustle for like a little bit of money every month, whether it's like social media, or maybe they have like they invest in stocks and they get some stock money. month. like, that's cool. I wish I could do that. I don't know. I don't know enough about stocks. I'm learning though. I am learning. Um, or maybe they have like a small side business where they like sell things on like Etsy. I don't know. I'm making things up. Maybe they have something like that. Um, most people are not like paying their way through med school by working. Um, in Canada, I don't know how it works in other countries. I believe it's similar, but like if you get into medical school, you're eligible for significant loans. Um, like I don't think most people even use the full loans that they get. Maybe some people do. I personally try to budget and not do that. Um, because they know that your job security is pretty high. So you'll be able to pay that back. Obviously job security is a hundred percent. So it's a little scary and I still am very money conscious. Um, but I mostly use loans guys that's that's how I pay for school and if I'm paying for things that seem like non-essential like a vacation here and there or like new clothes well one I would argue that vacations are very important for your mental health two I'm probably saving money from either Instagram or also like I have I have my small business my sweaters that I make um so that or like savings or xyz um but it's just about budgeting and it's uh it's mainly about loans that's the reality of it so full transparency most of my life is funded off student loans and that, that, that's my answer for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like I just got a lot of questions about that. So I wanted to address it because there's no need to make it a shady thing. Okay. This episode is long. It's long. Thank you for listening. I hope this, this kept you company. I hope if the, one of your, if you, if you had a question that I answered, it was helpful. I tried to pick questions that were like common so that I could like address a lot of people at once. Um, and I, yeah, I hope you like my podcast. <laughs> uh, feel free to to subscribe on Spotify. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Um, download episodes. You know, follow the podcast Instagram at You're Not Too Busy Podcast. Follow me at No More Wellness. I'm also on TikTok, Instagram. You know, you know the gist. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to at all. Uh, if you want to keep up with me, if you want to do more Q and A's, my Q and A's are posted on my Instagram stories. That's a great place to do them. I also do Q and A's on my TikTok videos. Um, so you can do either of those if you want to chat further. But thank you so much for listening. Have an absolutely beautiful week. I'm debating if I want to start posting a weekly episode instead of bi-weekly. No promises. We'll have to see. Um, but anyways, have have a lovely day. Thank you for coming, guys. Bye. Bye.